All right, today I thought we would check in on the first month of my experiment. If you listened a few episodes ago, taking a leave of absence from Red Hat for 10 months. And here's what happened in month one. It was surprising in a lot of different ways, a lot of good ways. It was really just a month that were the, this month being January 2018 was really just a focus on the fundamentals. If I were to give this month a theme, I would say it was fundamentals, administration, almost a, a soft launch, if you want to call that, uh, but a good launch, a good launch. I really wouldn't change anything about it. Probably the biggest surprise was I wasn't bored. In fact, I was busy. I was busier than I expected. As busy as I was before, if not busier, and re-energized in a new way that was really positive. So I'm getting out of the house more, meeting with people, going to different events, just getting out of the house more than I did previously. That's been a good thing. Um, also meeting people virtually, uh, anywhere I can. I'll get to that in a little bit. So yeah, it's been busy, it's been positive, and I can only see things building from here. So what have I been up to? thought I'd just give a, a rundown of um, those things. So I mentioned administrative stuff, ton of administrative stuff. Updating our will, um, new insurances that I need. So talking to several different insurance people about what's involved there. Uh, everything from liability insurance to did a full review of our home insurance policies. Uh, I've got a great insurance guy that I worked with for years, just stopped by his office for an hour and we just kind of went through all kinds of different stuff. Um, and then he referred me out where he didn't specialize in the areas that I needed help in. So along with this is a big one that's going to, that's, you know, here is health insurance. So as part of being on a leave of absence, I have to get my own health insurance coverage. And so that's been a learning experience. I can't say enough about the value of working with someone that does that for a living. <laughs> so they've helped me to navigate all the ins and outs of, do you want to go with the exchange and uh, what the income limits are for using the healthcare exchange and then just helping me. Basically, he has access to a database where he can plug in all the existing doctors that we have and then figure out what plan we might want to go on. And then also um, comparing all of that data with the COBRA rates that I could also choose from. So that's been a bunch of work. Uh, and also educational. So, so many of these things are a lot more time consuming than you would think. So, you know, a one hour meeting at someone's office is 10 or 15 minutes to get there, 10 or 15 minutes to leave. Then you got to go get lunch. Anyway, just and a one hour meeting turns out to be two or three um, by the time you get sitting down and focused again. But all of these are important. All of these are educational. All of these have been just kind of foundational to getting things in order and then really getting off to a good solid start. I've also been doing a bunch of podcast recording. 
I need to get this podcast onto a regular schedule. I've got materials coming out of my ears in terms of things I want to talk about, new topics I keep uncovering, things that I'm excited about, all kinds of different things. So recorded four episodes and more on the way. I'm probably going to space those out though. I want to keep consistent so that I'm a little less spotty in my production schedule. Right now, off the top of my head, I'm thinking two times a month. We'll see. I mentioned networking. This has been hugely surprising and super invigorating. So, and this all changed, by the way, when I really got connected to what I was supposed to do, which is this personal development. I'm calling it personal development, human potential, ownership is really the work that I'm doing with people. Trying to use the term coaching less. In fact, I made a commitment to a group of people that I would not use the word coach to describe what I do. So uh, feel free to bust me if I slip up there. What I'm finding is as I find people that are interested in the same things, uh, one person will say, hey, you should really talk to this person. And I'll have a meeting with them and they'll say, oh, you know what? You should really talk to this other person. And I have yet to find anyone that won't have a 20 or 30 minute meeting with me. In fact, at the end of a lot of these meetings, not me, but the other person says, hey, if you want to keep meeting, just let me know. I'd love to keep talking to you. So that's been a really positive surprise too. So that might be something you might want to put into play if you're looking to make some changes, looking to get out there a little bit more in terms of finding out what's possible, finding out where you can plug in, finding out who you can help. And again, you don't have to do these meetings in, in person. Most of the, in fact, I, almost everyone I'm meeting with, at least right now, is somewhere else in the United States. So I couldn't meet with them in person if I wanted to. Something I'm finding useful for keeping track of those meetings and kind of staying in a regular cadence with people is Trello. So just creating a Trello card for each person, setting a due date so that I'll get a reminder. Uh, so, you know, every month, depends on the person. Some people I'm meeting with every two or three weeks. Some people, some people it's every month or two. So the way I like to do is the mechanics here is in Trello, I subscribe to the board and then any changes or any alerts come to me as emails. So then I'll just set a due date for that person on that card and forget about the card until I get an email reminder saying, Hey, need to check back with so-and-so. It's also really cool to use the Trello card to keep notes on what you're talking to that person about or what you might want to ask them next time you get them on the phone. Or if you think of something random as you're doing something else that you want to ask them next time you talk to them, it's a great place to park information. What's interesting is in this networking area, something that I may have mentioned on previous podcasts, I'm doing coaching, volunteer coaching in prison to an entrepreneurial program there. That was, that came out of a contact that I made a year ago that didn't really, that I wasn't really able to do anything with until last November. And now that I've got extra time in my schedule, although not really, because it's filled up with stuff, I'm going there every other week uh, for a morning to coach different people individually. And it's super, super interesting and rewarding. Also in this neighborhood of volunteer 
uh, networking opportunities. I've invested some time in some situations that have not borne fruit that have, after investing a block of time, I realized, okay, that's really not where I want to invest my time. And instead of looking at that as like, oh, I wasted my time. It's saying, no, I got more information. Now I know that this is or isn't the fit for me. And then moving on. Over time too, I'm seeing where there's kind of a sweet spot between what's required of me, my time, my skills, et cetera. And then what kind of a return on investment that I see in terms of for others and for myself and just does this all make sense? Again, But again, I don't think I could have planned any of this from the beginning. It just kind of happens from doing it. One of the most important things I did in January was go to a, it was billed as a mastermind event. If you're not familiar with masterminds or if it sounds like some uh, scammy internet marketing thing in this situation, it absolutely definitely was not. It was called, I can't even remember what he called it. Anyway, it was a, an event put on by Rick Tamlin. It was six people and we met in Los Angeles in a hotel for two solid days. Um, I had had Rick as a instructor in one of some of my, in one of my coaching classes and it also followed his work for a while and just, I just like him on a number of levels. He's incredibly insightful. He's funny. He's passionate. Uh, he doesn't mess around. And he has a theater background. He used to be an actor. And in the way that I am very linear and processed and step-oriented, he is the absolute opposite. And that has been really refreshing and interesting and challenging to me in a really positive way. So part of this event was that each person got a really decent block of time to present who they were, what they're working on, and then to get feedback from Rick and the group that was assembled there on that thing that you either had questions on or wanted feedback on. Anyway, this was hugely, hugely helpful for me to kind of fine-tune my message, fine-tune my offerings. What could it look like or what will it look like for me to have a business around personal development and human potential. And what ultimately came out of this was ownership. That was something that's just kind of a reoccurring theme that's been coming up with a lot of clients recently in terms of something that really resonates. And I'm also realizing that for myself, it was really one of the keys to accelerating progress in my own life. One of the interesting things that Rick said on the first day was that his goal was that we leave that first day completely overwhelmed or leave the weekend overwhelmed. And he definitely delivered on that. And what was interesting he shared later was that there's a learning, a learning theory or I guess the way the brain works or the way we learn is we have to reach some level of disruption or overwhelm before we can kind of apply new things and really 
grasp and embrace them. There's also mixed up in this, I guess, is also in the notion of chaos. Um, and chaos also kind of shaking things and rattling things in a way that we are able to fully embrace something new. I haven't, I've got some resources on this that I haven't gone into depth yet. So anyway, I'm going to do, hopefully do more on that in another episode. I have taken though from that an increased intensity in my sessions with people to pile on a little more homework, exploration. So the takeaway from this is that it was a ton of information. We got to each record our sessions. So I had that to go back to. I took a bunch of notes. Um, And I do think that there is something to this notion of being held in a space that can support you getting overwhelmed and then moving through that. And I definitely saw that because I, the, the first night I went back to the hotel room and I just thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I, I'm going to get it when I came here to get. And then the next day I learned a whole bunch of other new things and left exhausted, but had kind of realized that I'd gone away with different things than I thought that it had come to get. And that was really powerful and useful. One interesting, another interesting thing that came out of these sessions was maybe doing more around podcasting, podcast cons- consultations with people, uh, helping people launch podcasts, which I had previously written off uh, in wanting to really, really, really be focused on personal development work. But then having it kind of brought to my attention that there's a whole industry here that doesn't have, well, some people, a lot of people don't have any exposure to what podcasting is, how it works, what they could do with it. And so as I seek to create different streams of income, that could be one easy one that I could go to without a lot of effort and without a lot of buildup because I've been doing it for so long. Some of that could be setting up systems, couple clients, we've set up some fairly sophisticated Trello boards, not sophisticated, robust might be a better word, like a Trello process that really just does work episode after episode after episode uh, into the hundreds of episodes. So that's something I might consult with people on and, and advise on. One thing that really prepared me well for the weekend was an idea I'd gotten from Rick in a previous webinar he had done. That was getting really clear about what you believe because people are attracted to us and who we are. And one of the ways to talk about who you are is to talk about what you believe. I cannot recommend this exercise enough. It was really powerful. And that's where these, that's where this theme of ownership and really taking charge of your life came through one way I encourage you to do that, I, I came up with a hundred some odd things I believe, and I could probably add to it some more. I just did a little bit every day uh, over my morning coffee. I was I went through a, a coaching book that I'd used in my class and just wrote down as I flipped through the pages and the concepts there around the things that I truly did believe, I wrote down my beliefs. You could do this with anything. You could do this with, I don't know, with uh, the Bible. You could probably find all kinds of stuff if, if, if that's your thing, if it's a particular text that you've learned from, if it's a particular book that you really love, my hunch is as you're reading of something 
and it resonates with you, there's probably some connection to things that you believe. So I just started a document at the top that said, I believe dot, dot, dot. And then I just set it to auto number and I just said, believe that uh, everyone is responsible for their own lives. You know, that was the first one. And then I just went from there. And I've also, I went to that event that sparked a whole bunch of other things to work on in terms of uh, really nailing down my messaging, the new ways that I'm going to offer me to the world, whether that's through personal development work, whether that's through podcasting, we will see. And then if that wasn't enough stuff going on already, I was also wrapping up uh, a certification in Tilt 365. It's a character assessment tool that is fantastic. I like it better than just about anything that I've seen. Uh, and it's been, so I've been working on that certification since last November or so. And so those, the last class is wrapping up, wrapped up at the end of January. And so I'm still working my way through that. I'm probably going to include, begin including that as part of uh, my coaching. Oh, I said there were coaching there. As part of my, uh, well, I'll just say it, coaching offerings. Uh, some aspect of the Tilt Character Assessment will be part of that. If you're interested in that, if you if you know anything about Tilt or you want to check out the website and you want to do a debrief with me, totally up for it. Uh, also, if you're interested in doing Tilt with a team, it can be a fantastic way to understand the dynamics of your team, why certain things are working well, why they aren't. I went through this exercise myself a couple years ago and it was extremely powerful. So it's really fun to be getting certified in the tool now and really understanding what's going on underneath the hood and, and how it can be used. So that's just one other thing I've got going on. So each of these different things, I guess, are feeding the trajectory I'm on, which, uh, also getting on the phone with different people to get some help with my websites. I'm running WordPress. I want to use a stock, well-supported paid theme. So I'm not looking to cut corners there, but I don't want to also get something that's heavily customized. So I've been interviewing different people to see what it would take to take my website to the next level. But to take my website to the next level, I need to have my messaging clear and copy and all kinds of stuff that's going to go there. So that's where working on what I believe and a few other things I have in the works will help feed into that as well. So what have I learned? If you've done any work with me, you know, I love to ask that question. What have I learned? Well, I've learned that it takes a lot of time to get set up and get started. It, but you just got to do it. You just have to get going. Um, whether it be messaging, you know, the, the stuff around what I believe. Uh, back to this uh, mastermind thing that I went to, cannot recommend highly enough going to an event like that to start. If you've taken a break, like I have from my normal job, to pursue this new thing, having that right at the beginning was super, super helpful. I think it... I was two weeks into two weeks into my break, my quote break, <laughs> when I went to that event, and that was just the perfect launching point. And now I'm continuing to do follow up work um, 
to push those things forward. I think that as I push those things forward, this idea of theming, uh, you may have heard in the episode with Mike Vardy, if it hasn't aired, or I don't know when I'm going to air it. Anyway, it's coming up uh, if it hasn't aired already. Where we're talking about theming and how that can help. So the themes for me here are January is, you know, soft launch, administrative, get my house in order. February is going to be all about messaging and my offerings and who am I and wrapping up the loosens of tilt. And then I anticipate March being promotion. So putting all that stuff into some consumable way onto my website and then starting to promote and point people to that content so that people can understand what I'm up to. And if they like what I'm up to, perhaps they can buy it. The big picture on all of this, I suppose, is there is there is so much to do. In fact, I've mapped some of this out. If anyone's, I look at not in not in a ton of detail, but just almost like a little flow chart. Like here's kind of an order of operations. You can't figure out you know your message until you do some of this other work. And once you have your message, then you can do your website, and then it just kind of falls from flows from there. Or you know, people say, well, you need to be on social media. Well, if you don't have anything to say on social media because you're not clear in your message, you need to go work on your message. So chunking these things, theming them is one way that I found to that that's also helping to kind of reduce the amount of overwhelm because it occasionally does set in of like, oh my gosh, there is so much to do here. But then it then it's having the wisdom and discipline to circle the wagons and say, okay, what's the priority? What order does this stuff really need to go in? Okay, yeah, that's something you need to do eventually. Create a Trello card and forget about it. You can come back. You'll you'll find that card someday when you need it, and then you can work on it. I've also learned that you can't work on this stuff in a vacuum. So I've signed up to work with a coach again. I took a break from working with a coach uh, when I finished my certification last year, um, but re-engaging there to take these things that I learned at this two-day event and push them forward. It's expensive, but it's worth it because it's helping me stay focused. It's working with someone that has expertise in areas that I need help in. And it's a mixture of mentoring, coaching, and consulting. So it's not the pure, pure, pure coaching model that I've talked about before where you know the coach doesn't give any advice or any opinions or any of that. It's more of a almost a marrying of all of the, you know, mentoring, consulting, and coaching together to get to a particular outcome, which I'm seeing is super valuable. And I believe I'm going to start, well, I am offering more of a mix of that in my own work that I do with people as well. Another thing I learned was stop attending webinars and training and just do stuff. Uh, I'm constantly on the lookout for learning and optimizing processes and getting smarter and all that good stuff. But I think it was the last week of January, I finally realized that it was time. And I had signed up for, you know, just a variety of different webinars and different topics. And I realized, you know what? Even though this is super interesting to me and I really like this person's stuff, I really just need to spend this next hour doing the work, getting stuff done, creating content moving the things that I know that I need to move forward, move them forward. And if 
and this gets back to the whole theming thing. So one of these seminars was on our webinars was on LinkedIn and how to use that to generate leads and build your brand and all that other stuff. And I thought, well, okay, when it's March and I'm focused on promotion, then I go spend and invest. That's when it makes sense to invest in that kind of stuff. But if I'm still in the, you know, message definition and, and these other things, which is my theme for February, then this is the wrong time for that. So focus on the right things at the right time. And that's where, I th- I, that's where I'm really, really just seeing the benefits of theming. The other thing I'm learning, well, I already knew it, but <laughs> it's just reaffirmed is I have the best energy and the most intelligent thought first thing in the day. I have even deprioritized exercise. In fact, it's kind of been non-existent for the last month or two to wake up early and just enjoy that morning cup of coffee with some reading and some reflection and maybe some journaling and then just get into it. I find that once one or two o'clock in the afternoon rolls along, things like productivity definitely falls off a cliff. And then it may pick up again around three or four. I saw the same pattern when I was working at Red Hat. Uh, So nothing has changed there. But it's just a reminder to really protect that most productive time. And I've done that. So I've, I've moved around some of my availability so that I use more of the, my prime morning time to when I need to do that deep thinking to really get stuff done and move stuff forward. The takeaway for you here is when are you most productive? Who are you giving that time to? Are you giving it to yourself to get your most important stuff done or are you throwing it away to a bunch of meetings and other people's schedules for you that you're just letting happen to you? And I fully realize there are situations, especially when you're working for a company, where you just have to go along with the program and do it because that's the way it is. Um, I guess, at least so far, <laughs> that's one of the things I'm really enjoying about how my time is structured. I'm making all the calls on what's important and what's not. I'm also moving a lot of my meetings with people into the early afternoon hours because that's when I'm not as productive with deep thinking, but I can still carry on a conversation off and those conversations energize me and they can kind of propel me through the rest of the afternoon. So that's another thing to be on the lookout for. Like, what are your energy patterns and are there ways to optimize those energy patterns to make it a win-win? I've had some contact with people from my former role at Red Hat. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the, the question that seems to be on everyone's mind is, is he coming back? To which I would say it's way too early to say. And I'm just going to keep exploring everything in front of me, putting myself wholeheartedly into it as much as I can, learning, um, exploring, failing, repeating, all of that. So uh, ask me again in November. So there you go. That's what's happened in month one of the experiment. Maybe we'll do monthly check-ins. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. If you have questions or ideas around the podcast, send those to podcast at johnpolster.com. Thank you.